What a great victory for Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Led the 50th race of his career today, takes the 28th victory of his career. Max Verstappen from 10th on the grid comes home to win the Hungarian Grand Prix. And behind him, from 7th on the grid, Lewis Hamilton takes 2nd place. Behind him, the man who started on pole, George Russell, for yet another podium, the 1-2-3, as it was at Paul Ricard last week. Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell. What's up, everybody? F1 Podcast back again this week with myself, Andrew Cleary, Jonathan Ricci with me this week. Uh, Erica will be also with me this week. We're doing a two-parter this um, episode First part is going to be focusing on the review of the Hungarian Grand Prix. And the second part is going to talk about the wacky week that we just had with regards to driver transfers. But yes, this is the F1 podcast reviewing the Hungarian Grand Prix where, you know, correct me again if I said this already, but Max Verstappen wins on another Ferrari. Okay, blunder. okay, another okay. Ferrari you lose. said that already this year. Finish him. John. How are you doing, man? It's been about um, a shit show, you basically, lose. for the past couple of weeks on the Ferrari side. Like, whose idea? Oh, well, first off, hello, everyone. It's uh, it's good to be back. I mean, we have, what was it? We last talked about the French Grand Prix, and then now we're here. Um, I'm just happy it's a summer break, man. Like, this has been a... It's been a rough couple of goes for Ferrari. Uh, like, whose idea was it to put the hard tires on? Because we've seen consistently this year that the hard tires take a while just to heat up. And even, sure, you can, you know, want to get away from the gap and everything. But my gosh, how many times, how many screw-ups does it have to take for the Ferrari garage to, like, I... I, I generally, I'm making, this is my uh, my prediction. I think this is Bonato's last race as F1, um, as the head of uh, Ferrari. Yeah. That's my prediction. I, I love it. I love that prediction. That's not, that, to me, that's a good take because. Uh, you can't, you can't go to Marinello and say like, okay, this is where we're sitting at the championship. Like Leclerc is almost, I think it's 70 points behind or something. He's 80. So 80. 80 now. 80. And. And you have Mercedes now climbing in the constructors. They're only 30 points back. And mind you, like, yes, the Mercedes car has improved and, you know, got, got like, gosh, like, God forbid, like, not God forbid, sorry. I give a lot of kudos to Sir Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. They're putting some magnificent drives at the expense of Ferrari. Um, I feel for Leclerc. I feel for Carlos Sainz. This weekend was another weekend of disaster. And, you know, you even heard in the team radios. I'll try to put some of this in if I can. Uh, just the frustration that the drivers had with their engineers. It's like, whose idea was it to put the hards on? Like, is it okay? Why should I pit now? What is doing? And, you know. Oh, my God. The hard work. So bad. That's why I said uh, that I wanted to stay on the medium as long as possible. The hard work. Really bad. Was this the same for everyone, or was this only for us? I think it was the same for everyone with the heart. Ah, it's frustrating. So, for those who didn't weren't able to watch the race, um, what happened was that George Russell got his first pull of the year on Saturday. Very impressive lap from the Breton. 
in his first pole lap as um, you know, under in F1 beating out signs by, I think a couple of hundreds of a second, nevertheless at signs P2 and Leclerc P3 with the Red Bulls of Verstappen and Perez being P10 and 11, because Perez didn't have a good lap in qualifying too, where he got blocked by Magnuson and didn't make it out of it as a result. And Red Bull had a big power unit issue um, with in Max Verstappen's car in Q3. Whoa. So think about this, right? You are P2 and P3 on the grid. You are miles back in the Constructors' Championship. And Red, and you have a chance to not only win the race, but to catch up on some serious ground against Red Bull. And Sunday was just anything but easy for the team from the team from Marinello and Red because I don't know if anybody noticed this, but when the hard tires were put on this weekend, so the track temperatures are very cold. So mm-hmm. not only is it already hard for the hard tire to, you know, get warmed up, you can't get it warmed up on a very cold track. Um, but I guess this was a case that where Alpine and Alfa Romeo and I believe Kevin Magnuson of Haas, you know, through, you know, reason why I had, because uh, he pitted early due to a black and orange technical flag. They went on a hard early on the race. And I don't know if you noticed, John, but it was pretty much like skating on an ice rink with those bad boys. Yeah, they were struggling really hard just to end with, with that. And, and mind you, only um, just, just to put some icing on the cake, um, another Ferrari engine, um, Valtteri Bottas's uh, engine went out. So just to like, you know, we've seen this consistently throughout the year that the Ferrari engine when it's a reliable car, like they're able to get points and able to win races. On the other hand, when that engine is not working, we can see situations, what had happened to Bottas and like what has happened to the Ferraris in previous, uh, well, Ferrari run cars particularly. Uh, yeah. I because mean, I, we I, had... I, I think they should ban the hard tires for the rest of the season. <laughs> I don't want to see any more. Well, I don't I... want to see that car, that tire anymore. Yeah, because the optimal strategy this term, this this race was two stopping, starting yes. on the softs and then doing two sets of mediums to get you to the end because the softs, they degraded quickly, but we're able to get you to a window where you can go put medium, medium, which was the optimal race tire, in my opinion, this weekend for you to finish out the race. Well, ironically think- enough, Max Verstappen was able to do that with their with their strategist. They were able to do soft to medium to medium. And where the problem was is that Ferrari started on the medium tires. And to cover off strategy, they kept they burnt through two saw two sets of mediums quick on both, and that's why then Leclerc had to go to hard um, because a soft wouldn't get him to the end. So again, this is on the strategists of Ferraris for a not starting on softs when they you know they could have gone they could have it would have been smart for them to start on softs because mm-hmm. you know that Red Bull behind you are going to be starting on softs as well, and they're miles back. So mirror the strategy and keep ahead of them the entire time in that case, in my opinion. But no, they, did, they went on medium. So everybody else went on pretty much softs. And they got caught up on their own strategy again. And I just, I don't understand when you see five drivers ahead of you put on hard and it's a skating rink around there. Even Ricardo said it was sucked on the, on, on going on the hard. That you put him, you put him on the hard tire. What are we doing? I, I actually also do like to add on that is um, 
this is like another scenario where like, are the engineers even watching the race? Because like, you know, in the French Grand Prix, you know, when Carlos Sainz was trying to pass Checo, they're literally telling him to box. And it was literally like, okay, if I'm going wheel to wheel with someone, I don't want you to talk to me in my ear right now. If I'm going like 300 kilometers an hour. Yeah. And you could just clearly see the dejected face of Leclerc after the race. Like in his press conferences, he just, he could, you, 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 Russell came up to him and he said, unlucky mate. And Charles goes like, oh, I don't know about that. Like clearly frustrated with his entire team and the clown show that has become the Mariner pit wall. And I, I just, they've given up so many points to Red Bull this season that it's, dare I say, pretty much over. It's looking grim. It's, it's, uh, I like, obviously, I will still be a loyal to Posey, um, but there needs to be some changes. And, you know, this is not the episode to talk about uh, the midterms, but like, I think it's very clear that if there's going to be a team that is going to be on, on, not on thin, well, thin ice is a great one. Um, the hot seat is going to be Ferrari. And, you know, I do have a lot of respect to Pinanto. I think he, he's, he's put in his time there, even when the, there's that famous video of when Michael Schumacher went to go interview him and he's literally sitting at like a fold-out table at like some really old computer looking at data or something. But, you know, I think there needs to be some changes. I don't know who you bring in, to be honest. Like they can really, uh, I don't know if you bring in someone from the older uh, generation. Um, um, you obviously can't bring in Ross Braun or Gene Todd or someone like that, but because um, they're they're significantly older now. And uh, I think Ross Braun has a job with the FIA. Um but you need to bring someone new in. And I think uh, some new vision who understands the drivers, who understands the history. And especially like, keep in mind, Italy is like the third race back from, um, excuse me, third race back in the, uh, from the summer break. And if, if Ferrari doesn't have a good showing, and this will probably be the first time a lot of fans are allowed to go to a race in, in Italy. I think they were able to have some fans in 2021. I don't know if it was like a full house, but, I can tell you, Defosi will be pissed at Monza if, uh, if 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 what happened this week happens. Ferrari fans, let us know if you want Benato out and Arivia Bene, Arivia Bene back in like that. You know when him and Kimmy were there, they were fighting. You know the juggernaut that were Mercedes, and but uh, I don't know. I just like there's always an excuse. There's always an excuse to the question, John with Bonato yeah. and the team like there's like, no one is taking the blame here and no. it really is falling all on Bonato he needs to get his team in a row right now because he he's screwed up some of like some good year screwed up a good year in terms of racing both from Charles and Carlos's point of view but you know looking on it now after today's race Max is clearly 80 points ahead in the driver's championship, but between second and I believe seventh or sixth, like between Lewis Hamilton or Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton, there's only like a 32 point gap. So like the battle for second place is pretty much like it's, it's all there for anybody to compete with. Mm-hmm. And as like you mentioned, like another double podium for Mercedes, like back-to-back races where they get a double podium. And uh, George is a little unlucky. Didn't really have the pace on Sunday to maximize car. Still finished P three, 
Hamilton, amazing drive, finishing from P7 to P2 with the fastest lap. Um, Six straight podium for Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. And is this his second, second place in a row, I believe? Yes, correct. So I don't think the Mercedes car is there yet to win the race. I think they can by the end of the season, but they're just not on the same level as Red Bull and Ferrari when Ferrari want to be good, you know, when that car is firing on all cylinders. Also, just like, you know, Matt, like you could probably give Max Verstappen the worst car on the grid and he will still find a way to make it to the front. Tyler, that one, Tyler, that one's for you, buddy. You know, you're going to love that. Like what an unbelievable drive, eh? All weekend. This like from P10 to P1, man was on a mission. I'd say one of his best drives all year, maybe of his entire career. He was an absolute rocket ship out there this weekend, passing guys left, right, and center, battering through the midfield um, to get to a position where he could win. And the strategy, you know, team strategy at Red Bull really put him in a position that he could capitalize on the win in that case and took full advantage of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but you nevertheless, those are kind of the top six, the top six finished up. Um, you know, we had Verstappen, Hamilton, Russell, Sainz, Perez, Leclerc. Now back in, after the midfield, we had, uh, Lando who finished seventh, kind of ran his own race in my opinion. Yeah. I think he had a respectful, respectful race. I mean, there's not much you can do when you have to, when you have Max Verstappen behind you, you know, he's going to pass you eventually um and you sorry i think he had uh perez behind him as well so uh you know i think it was another good points finish for him it's his fourth straight points uh you know going in this uh, going into the i mean he won't be in the hot seat uh going into the summer he's not going to be the target but he's at least sat solidified his spot uh as the number one driver at mclaren i think yeah i think we'll discuss more of this in part two but his uh buddy is more so in the hot seat and Mm -hmm. uh could be interesting considering what had transpired on the driver's transfer market this past week. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I have to miss that episode, but I, I, I but it's crazy. I think you and Eric are going to have a hoot and a holler. So. Well, speaking of a team that made some waves this week, you know, it's funny last year, this race, Ocon and Alonzo had probably one of the best <laughs> performances of their entire careers at out, Al- like, like put Alpine on the map right there. Ocon yep. winning with Alonso defending like a lion against uh, Hamilton. Oh, that was probably the best defending of, of the season. Right. Uh, I don't think I've seen any good, a better defending than that. Funny how that changes one year later, where right off the start, Ocon was defending um, Alonso like a lion and pushing him not only into the pit line, pit lane, but also almost into the wall after turn two. Uh, and they just did not have the pace this weekend. They went on the hard tires, got absolutely screwed. Luckily enough, they finished eight and ninth, like Alonzo and Akon did. But man, how one year changed so much. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's also like, I think there was also a lot of luck, a lot of like factors that were able to lead to Akon's win. Um, with the whole, especially when they all started on the inters, and I mean, not the yeah, it was the inters, then they all change and then lewis yeah big accident sorry yeah i forgot about the big accident in turn one and then also uh lewis hamilton starting on the inters on the restart didn't was the only driver who did not come in um and then there's the famous photo of him just by himself on the track but um yeah no it's uh i mean they both got point finishes they are like they inch i know obviously wasn't their weekend but they still inched a little bit ahead 
Um, I think that was did, was it last week where they no last week they passed, so they are now four points ahead of uh, McLaren in the um, in the constructors now. Yeah, so good, you know, no no harm, no damage done there because I think they netted the same amount of points. I think Lando had six, Akon and um, Alonso combined for six, so no change there. Luckily, thankfully, can we can we just just take for a second? Can we just talk about the pure dominance of the top three teams right now? 431 points, 300, sorry, 334 points, 304. No other team is over 100. Yeah, it is. It's been the top six have been consistently either Mercedes, Ferrari, or um, Red Bull. I think Lando has been on a podium once that that wasn't on, you know, weren't from the top three teams in the constructors. So it's really crazy to think, and we'll talk about more in our. Um, mid-season show coming up in a couple of weeks but yeah. you know we were promised to see not promised but we were pitched a season where anyone can win and it's crazy how we've seen teams to take over the new regulations and it's the top three teams that are kind of the ones that have been able to take over the dominance and everyone's kind of been fighting in the dust below them yeah. um so I actually, uh, speaking about, um, you know, focusing on the race, um, I got a question from, um, you know, from uh, Luca here on Instagram. I uh, really appreciate the question. Uh, he said, does Hamilton have what it takes to fight for the world, uh, world WC? I think he's talking about the world Champ- uh, driver's championship. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think based off this weekend's uh, weekend that if there is a situation where if Ferrari keeps tanking, like, Maybe he cut, he's still too far back, but he's clearly showing that he's able to have some energy and still some poise and some commitment. And I think the, the, the run of the, the consecutive podiums gives that extra drive to go push even more, even though that they might not, might not be the fastest car in the grid. Yeah. I don't, I, I can see him fighting for P2. Yeah. Not P1. I, I am not this year, at least, uh, Max is too far ahead, in my opinion, right now for him to really get challenged um, in the mm-hmm. final nine races of the season, barring a monumental collapse, which he is not known for. Red Bull is not going to be known for that. They have a good car this season. There's no, like, unless reliability absolutely tanks, I don't see Max getting any pushback from the bottom, from the next five in terms of winning the World Drivers' Championship. With that said, next year might be another different story, and he might, you know, I think Mercedes have kind of made really good grounds um, over these past 13 races to take a car that, you know, was it definitely was the was the cream of the crop in the midfield, obviously, but was the was the was the best of the like, was the third best of the top three going in to start the season for sure. Um, so the fact that they're making strides and getting fastest laps, especially just goes to show how much they've worked on the pace of that car and, you know, keep working at it. I think we, again, it'd just be a lot of fun to see the top three teams, like any team can win any given race. It would be a really cool, it's something we haven't had um, in a long time, in my opinion, in F1 with regards to, uh, you know, fighting for championships in that case. But yeah, this year, I don't think he's got it. Maybe in the next couple of years, he does. Yeah, and especially some of the driver changes that have been happening um, um, uh, could maybe open the window of like potentially like, um, be able to kind of uh, capitalize on some of some, uh, some of those changes. So 
Um, yeah, I'd be curious to see how that thing is. Um, unfortunately, that's the only fan question I was able to get because the other ones I have saved. I, I just want to say, first off, uh, we got a lot of great questions this week, but we're going to save some of those ones because those are really for our going to be our mid mid uh, mid season review. Um, so that will be uh, episode 17 because technically this is going to be a part one and then part two or maybe a 16, 16.5. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, one or the other, but um, no, yeah. Season two, episode 17 will be our mid-season review. Yeah, I was going to say, is there anything else that really captured the, this weekend? Um, I did, unfortunately, see um, on social media, there were some issues with security guards with fans. Again, um, you know, I don't really know a little bit more about the scenario, but it seems like this has become a, a growing concern with fan interaction with security or, you know, fan interaction at, at arenas. Uh, I don't know what the, this particular case was, but um, hopefully, um, you know, I know that the FIA is kind of looking in some of the, just some of the fan interaction, the flares and everything, but um, I don't know if you saw any of that on Reddit or something. No, I didn't see any of that on Reddit, but they should be, yeah, it's just, again, fans be there to have fun. Let's not cause issues, right? Don't put anybody at danger. You know, everybody goes, they pay their, everyone pays good hard money to go watch this you know, to go watch the race and let's enjoy, let's make it a, an environment that's enjoyable for everybody. And I, 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 you know, I do love the passion of the fans that do bring flares because I know they're dedicated to the sport, but again, find another way to show your passion in that case. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think a lot of it, or I think also like a lot of these uh, sporting venues that are having their first time having fans back in two years. So I, I, I think, you know, let's be proactive. I think a lot of people are excited to, to be back. Maybe they just don't remember what they've done for the last two years that for, for these things. So I'm just hoping for the, uh, I, I think on behalf of the F1 podcast, hopefully the rest of the season goes a little bit smoother. Um, you know, and I really hope that the FIA and whether if it was security or anything, um, you know, I, hopefully there's some moves to uh, make it a better environment. And we're sorry for any fans who've had to deal with uh, any, any of that going forward uh, in the last couple of races. Because the fans do make the F1 races that much more enjoyable. Yeah. I'm in that case. Um, but I, I was going to ask, is there anything else that really stood out to you this weekend? I mean, I'm sorry. Like, everything was Ferrari. I didn't really pay attention to anything else. Uh, a couple things stood out for me. I think um, Haas's upgrades were kind of funny. Looking like uh, the white, calling call them the white Ferrari with the side pods and having that kind of, like, pool-looking dip. Yep. And uh, unfortunately... Kevin's race was kind of compromised early with the black and orange flag. Uh, so we had to go in the hard and that didn't really put, so I don't think Haas were really able to showcase their upgrades this week um, to the full extent. I think a guy that kind of got screwed on strategy was Danny Rick this weekend, because he did have some nice moves. He had the double, the, the double overtake on Alonzo and Ocon there early on the, in the, in the race um, mm -hmm. to get into the points. And then, he ended up getting tossed onto that hard tire, which just, again, is awful. Actually, Andrew, before you keep going further, can you maybe just tell the fans what exactly is a black and orange flag? People, I know the black flag is associated with, uh, uh, like, disqualification, mm -hmm. or um, I believe, but what does the orange mean? So it, black and orange, when waved together, is a technical flag where – you, there's something going on wrong with your car. We see it in the past where um, in Azerbaijan, 
there was, you know, a few years ago, Hamilton's headrest was coming up and out of place. So he had, you know, as soon as you get caught with the black and orange flag for your, whatever it be technical in this case, and Magnuson's seen it a couple of times this year, the front end plate on his wing was just kind of hanging off there. Right. Which could cause an issue, um, you know, with debris on track during the race. So they throw him a technical flag, a black and orange flag saying that you have to come in on the next lap to pit. Otherwise you're going to get penalized for not doing so. So he comes in the next so you're, it's a forced pit stop effectively, which, you know, will ruin, will, has, did ruin the race, but yeah, the reason why it's out there is it's for safety, right? We want to make sure everybody's, you know, it, it's a safe case. So uh, that's, that's, you know, what we've seen it a lot more this year in terms of um, the tech, the black, black and orange flag being used um, quite a bit. Yeah, that's good because I actually that's the only flag I didn't really know um, what was uh, what's being flown. I, I think uh, sometimes even I need a I need like a, an understanding of what some of the flags that get get flown. Um, but yeah, no, that's really interesting. Um, I don't know, not another. I don't know if uh, Alpha Alpha Tower didn't really have a good weekend as well. Um, you know. Pierre Gasly did come 12th and uh, Yuki came 19th. Uh, we did talk about Valtteri Bottas in his power unit. Um, Vettel getting to the points again after uh, his announcement. Uh, so that was very good to see. And um, yeah, I just, uh, it's, uh, it's, I, I just can't stop looking at the, uh, I'm literally looking on Wikipedia right now as we talk. And I just seen the Carlos two, um, Charles, three and then like ends up five and six at uh, four four and six sorry no i don't not a good weekend i i normally i would be more talkative about stuff that has happened at the race but like man like i'm still fuming about like what happened i just don't understand how this is just there's been no change and this is a constant thing that's been happening all season again like we said last week it's either reliability or strategy or a driver error that's been causing issues for Ferrari this season. And it's more so been the strategy that's kind of screwed them up. Like mm. we didn't even talk about the fact that Max spun in the race and he still won. Some were saying I think he, I think was, he, he, was, he, was he was checking to make sure Leclerc was uh, not in the wall, I guess. <laughs> or checking that he had the hard tire on. Yeah. <laughs> Because again, so the cool down room at the end of the race was hilarious, right? They all go <laughs> oh in. Oh my god! And they see that they see that Ferrari was on hard, and they all had a good chuckle about it. It's just like it's become a comedy now, um, as a result. And I just I don't understand it. Why there was that was a hero play that just not needed to be part there. Not at all. Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's frustrating. Um, um, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at there. <laughs> I think that's a good just, spot to leave it at for this part. So, everybody, this is part one of a two part of this week. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Jonathan will not be here for part two, but Erica will be joining us for part two, and we're going to be taping that tomorrow. Um, today is Wednesday the third. Tomorrow is Thursday the fourth. We'll be taping it then. Um, actually, can I just give my quick, quick 30 seconds? Absolutely. 
Very sad to see Vettel go, but totally not surprised. Fernando Alonso, shockingly, I didn't know why he's going to Austin Martin, but okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Os- Oscar Piastri. <clears throat> Sorry, Alpine itself. Okay. PR nightmare. Thank goodness I was not part of them. And Alex Albon probably has the uh the social not the social the checkmate in uh pr of the week so um that's my 30 seconds right there love it that's the best that's the that's the 30 second free we're going for for tomorrow's ep- you know for tomorrow's taping of the episode because it is going to be quite fun as john free as john alluded to a lot happened this past week and you know i think i was just thinking that like okay you know vet vettel retiring okay that's it like but i also thought oh no, the floodgates are going to open. Here we go. This is what's <laughs> going to happen. Because it only takes, it takes one driver. Well, Pierre Gasly got resigned, but like it takes one driver and then it freaking trickles. Yeah. As we saw last year. The floodgates have opened and it should yeah. be an exciting summer. Okay, actually, I got a question for you and Erica for, okay. uh, for tomorrow. And uh, everyone could hear it. Who is your favorite driver's uh, retirement? Okay. So, so uh, of all time, you can say, like, we'll start back when Formula One first started. Whatever, pick pick the driver. I would love to. So that's my question to you both tomorrow. All right. For- and, and for our fans, we're still taking questions on Instagram, YouTube, uh, Spotify. Well, you can't really do it on Spotify. But yeah, it's, send us questions on Instagram and YouTube. Um, so both Andrew and Erica can have some good content to talk about tomorrow. Yes. So on that note, with those questions lingering, over, you know, for tomorrow's episode john thank you so much for joining us on part one today um thanks for putting up with me even though i'm still fuming after God, no. hey you are not the only one feeling this way as as a as a non-ferrari fan it's pissing me off too because it's just the pure incompetence sometimes that comes out of there that makes your head scratch as i'm scratching my head right now yeah <laughs> Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Part two will be up very shortly. Um, again, follow us on Instagram for uh, great F1 content, as well as follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube um, to listen to the podcast and to submit any fan questions. You're more than welcome to open the fan questions there. This is Andrew. He's Jonathan. And this is the F1 Podcast. Look forward to hearing from you soon in the next episode. Talk to you soon. Ciao, buon notte.